Well, today we're going to be in John chapter 15 as we continue our messages on living the life. What does it mean to live for the Lord? What does that look like? Uh, We've talked sometimes about having a relationship with the Lord. And uh, sometimes we have a hard time getting our minds around what that looks like. What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Uh, How do we live as Christians in this world? And uh, fortunately, when it comes to these kind of themes, uh, the Lord has given us word pictures to help us. I'm a guy. I'm kind of visual. I need something. I need a word picture to help me understand it. And I can remember the first time that I began to understand John 15 uh, from the standpoint of, of living the Christian life and how that is done. So today we're going to take plenty of time to talk about Jesus' words, I am the vine, you are the branches. I'm going to read today to you from John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 12, and uh, invite you, if you have your Bible, to uh, follow along. Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me, and I will remain or abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain or abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides or remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide or remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide or remain in me, and my words abide and remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide or remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will abide or remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and abide or remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made complete. Living the life. Well, we find, first of all, a picture. Again, the word picture that Jesus gives us so that uh, we can understand. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Uh, And again, he uses something from agriculture. Even guys who weren't raised on a farm uh, in Jesus' day uh, understood this word picture. Uh, The city slicker of Jesus' day was a lot more understanding of agriculture than we are today. Unless you are a gardener or you raise some kind of uh, 
herbs or something around your place, you probably don't pay much attention to agriculture. But Jesus uses this idea of the vine and the branches. How many of you have ever seen a picture or seen in person a healthy grapevine? Most of you have. Man, some of those vines are huge. And uh, I just love to look at vineyard pictures uh, on my computer. Uh, they are so, so neat. Uh, in, in the vineyard, for instance, uh, up around uh, in northern California, you can see the row after row after row after row of vines and branches. How is a grape or grapes produced? Well, they grow on the branches, which are an extension of the vine. And unless that branch is connected to the vine, it's not going to produce any grapes. And so Jesus makes that very clear in our lives that unless we are connected to him, we are not going to be productive Christians. And that's the whole point of this picture. The importance of abiding, remaining in him. Some translations use the word abide. Some translations use the word remain. And it has the idea of connection, being connected to the vine. And so Jesus tells us he's the vine, we're the branches. And the picture is this, that the life of Jesus flows to and through us in a dynamic relationship that he calls abiding or remaining. It is the idea of connection. The idea of relationship. And again, it is a dynamic relationship where we receive life from him and it flows through us and produces in our lives. Also, we find in this passage, a process is described. And the dynamic relationship produces fruit. Now, we don't produce grapes, obviously, by being connected to the Lord. We produce something else. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We receive life from Jesus, and we produce fruit. The branches, us, receive life from the vine, Jesus, and we produce. And as long as we are healthy... And as long as we are attached to him, we will produce fruit in our lives. And that fruit, first of all, is his character. Uh, there are a number of times we are told in Scripture to be fruitful as believers or that we will produce fruit when we are connected with the Lord and when his spirit controls our lives. And it's his character qualities that are defined in Galatians 5, 22, and 23. Do you remember that passage? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So the Lord, through the Holy Spirit in our lives, produces these character qualities in us. And these are consistent with the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his character is produced in us as long as we are healthy and we are attached to him. He is the source 
John chapter 15, verses 3 through 5, he says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. The word clean is connected with what he had to say in verse 3 about he prunes us. And that pruning process in our lives cleans us. It produces obedience in our lives. And he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain or abide in me, and I will remain or abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Three times he tells us in verses 4 and 5, you can't do this on your own. This process won't take place if you try to produce my character in your own strength. We must abide in the vine, remain in him, if his character is going to be seen in our lives. So this dynamic relationship produces fruit because we abide in or remain in him. The key to abiding in him, how do we do that? What does it look like? Well, according to him, it has to do with obedience in our lives. As we obey him, John 15:3, you are already because of the word I have spoken to you. In other words, my words clean up your life. My words in your life will produce obedience in your life. And the result will be that you will bear much fruit. His words remaining in us are tied to obedience. Obedience to the Lord's words are not a matter of the intellect, not just understanding what he said. Obeying his words is not primarily even a matter of the emotions. Our emotions can be all over the place. And one day I may feel very close and attached and connected with the Lord and just emotionally have this great desire to obey him. And obey his words. But other days, that may not be the case. They may not emotionally feel close to the Lord. Anybody relate to that? Sometimes we feel that God is distant. It's not because he's distant. It's because we are. And maybe there's disobedience in our lives. And maybe there's something that we are holding on to that we need to turn loose of and give to the Lord. And be obedient in. So obedience to his words is not a matter of the intellect. Just knowing what he said. It's not a matter of our emotions. But it is a matter of the will. It's a matter of choosing to obey the Lord. And sometimes choosing to obey the Lord is not because I understand all the whys of something. 
I may not understand why the Lord wants me to do something he hasn't told me. He just has told me to do it. And he's told me to obey. And so I choose to obey. Not because I feel like it, not because I understand it, but because he said it. Someone has said, uh, Jesus has said it, and uh, I sense it, and therefore I will do it. No, Jesus said it, that settles it, period, in our lives. It's a matter of obeying him, even when we don't understand the whys of something. And I have found that in my life that that, matters, that amounts to a great deal of, of my will, choosing to be obedient to the Lord, even though I don't always understand, or I might have even chosen something different. So the key to abiding in him is obeying him. He makes that real clear in this passage. But what's the key to obeying him? What is the motivation for obeying the Lord? Well, it's loving. It's loving him. Um, when I obey the Lord, I will want to obey. I will, when I know the Lord and will love him, I will want to obey him. I can remember a time in my life when there was discipline had to be administered to our children. And we didn't administer discipline because they spilled their milk or stuff of that in their life. But when we drew a line in the sand that required obedience and they willfully violated that, they had to be taught to obey for their own sake. And we find, and I remember in my life when it came to the point where I really believed that my kids were not obeying because of fear, they were afraid that they would be punished for transgressing, or because they obeyed because they wanted to get something out of it. They, wanted, they knew that if they obeyed, uh, they might get some kind of reward. But knowing that they obeyed because of love. They obeyed because they loved me. They obeyed because they loved my wife and I, and they understood that we loved them. And it was because of that relationship that was there that there was obedience. The obedience was a result of the relationship, not because of fear, not because of reward. The Lord tells us in our relationship with him that the greatest motivation is obeying him because we love him. Jesus' part in this relationship is to give life. He's the source. Our part in this relationship is abiding or obeying. And that involves our will. Let me put it this way to you, summarize it this way. To be a productive Christian... To produce the character of Jesus in my life, I must be connected to him. 
If I'm not connected to him, the relationship is not there. The relationship is not healthy. I'm not going to produce his character in my life. I might be a character, but I won't produce his character. Next thing we want to see in this process and reviewing it is that to be connected to Jesus, I must have consistent fellowship with him. Consistent fellowship. Now that requires something in my life. I am not a robot on automatic pilot. Remember the words, I did a series earlier in the year on this, draw near. Jesus' words, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. I must choose every day in my life to draw near to him, to take the time to nurture the relationship, to spend time with him in prayer, to spend time in his word and to see his word coming into my life as a part of the process of him producing his character in me. It's not just a obedience because he said to obey. It's because I want to produce his character, and I want this relationship with him to be healthy, and I want to grow. So to be connected with him, to abide in him, I must have consistent fellowship with him. And that is seen in verses 4 and 5, and we read those verses. And then to have consistent fellowship with him, I must obey his commands. And one of his commands is draw near. Take the time to draw near. And then to be obedient to him, I must learn to love him. A loving relationship takes time to develop. And we begin as new believers. The Bible says like spiritual infants. And as we take his word into our lives, we begin to grow. We begin to learn how to draw near to him. We're going to talk more about that next Sunday as we talk about vital signs. What are the signs of life that we really have the life of Christ in us? We're going to talk about that next Sunday. It's really an important message. I hope you'll be here for it. But to be obedient to him, I must learn to love him. Because I begin my life as a baby Christian loving other things more than I love him. I've been programmed by the world to love the world and the things that are in the world. And I must learn to set aside those things and focus on him and learn to love him. That takes discipline. That's a choice that I have to make on a daily basis. And I'm sure it's the same for you. One of the great challenges of my Christian life has been to give up on trying to live a Christian life in my own strength and learn to draw near to the Lord and focus on his relationship. And I found that much easier when I focused on loving him 
And that love relationship made it easier for me to set aside the things of the world and focus on him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Obey what I command. Obedience to him flows out of love. Well, what is the purpose of all of this? Jesus said in John 15, 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is to my Father's glory. When we talk about bringing glory to God, glorifying God in our lives, sometimes we think that's just a matter of what we do on Sunday. We come to church and we sing songs to the Lord that bring honor and glory to him. And it goes beyond that in terms of our understanding. It literally means to do things in our lives that cause other people to have a good opinion of God, that people would exalt the Lord, that they would see him and his character through what we do, through who we are, that his character in our lives and what we do would bring honor to him. And in John chapter 17, and other passages, John 15, glory for God is equivalent of bearing fruit. The fruit that we bear in our lives is not just the character of Jesus, but it is glory for God as a result of living that life. And as I looked at the scriptures this week, I was reminded that Jesus lived his life on earth 2,000 years ago to bring glory to God. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. What was Jesus' primary motivation as he lived life? to bring glory to God the Father, that people would see what he did, to see the miracles that he did, to hear his teachings, what came out of his mouth, and they would have a good opinion of God as a result of it. And Jesus now lives his life through us to bring glory to God. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Why does the church exist in this world? To bring glory to God. That people would see and understand the character of Jesus Christ and that they would bring glory and have a good, solid opinion of who God is. Why Jesus came why he exists. That hasn't changed in 2,000 years. He now lives his life through me. And as he does, people have an accurate, healthy understanding of who God is and why he exists. So I ask you a question today, several questions.
Do you want to really live? Listen to Jesus' words at the end of John 15, this passage we looked at today, verse 11. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In other words, Jesus said, you really want to have joy in your life? You want to really live? Then learn to know and love him. Don't just go through life settling for some idea of Christianity where you know certain things and you do certain things because they're, quote, the Christian thing to do, but because you really love the Lord and because you know him personally. You have a relationship with him. You're connected to him. You're not here on earth living your life as a Lone Ranger Christian. We had a young man stop by the church this week, and uh, he spent about an hour here in the auditorium just in prayer. But he confessed to me that he's a Christian, but he really doesn't have sense of need to be connected with other Christians. And uh, I just briefly told him, you know, God doesn't want you to be a Lone Ranger Christian. You need other people in your life to encourage you and help you grow and keep you accountable. We all need that as Christians. It's part of learning to know and to love Jesus. To live obediently to him and to his commands is how I know him and learn to love him. And then to watch him produce his qualities in my life that bring glory to God. Qualities weren't, that weren't there a year ago, that weren't there ten years ago. That God works in me to change me from the inside out because of the relationship that he calls abiding. To be connect, because I'm connected to him. Let me summarize this again to you. Jesus desires to produce his character in my life. That's why he wants to produce what he calls the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So that will produce the result or the character of the, my flesh in my life, but that instead I will produce his character, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. His desire, his goal, his aim is to produce his character in me and to do that through a relationship that he calls abiding. And I must learn to abide, to remain in him, to obey him because I love him because of the relationship that we have. And as I abide in him, he produces his character in my life. And I can't produce his character on my own. Three times he tells me in this passage, you can't do it on your own, Brad. Brad. 
Without me, you can do zip, nothing, nada. You've got to be connected to me for my character to flow through you and be produced in your life. As long as I abide in him and have this relationship and love and obey him, his life throws, flows through me. And his character in and through me brings glory to God. The people around me have a good opinion of my Lord. When they rub up against me and even when they come to the point of conflict, they see the character of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Uh, not me. And sometimes the way that is seen is when uh, people in our lives rub up against us in an area of conflict. Uh, you ever have conflict with other people? Even in the conflict of other Christians? I'm reminded of a story of some soldiers, Second World War, who... Uh, had a boy that worked for him. He was a China boy, Chinese boy, and uh, they didn't treat him very well. They did all kinds of ordinary things to him. They would do things like hide some of his clothing uh, or nail his shoes to the floor or uh, short sheet his, his bedding. Some of you remember doing that to underclassmen in college. One day these guys kind of got convicted of what they had done, and so they confessed of what they had been doing to the, this guy, and they said, we're not going to do that anymore. And he said, you mean no more hide my clothes? No. You mean no more short sheet my bed? No. No more nail my shoes to the floor? No. He says, good, then no more spit in your soup. Uh, we find ways of getting evil with people, evil, even with people, same thing, uh, rather than allowing the Lord's character to flow in and through our lives. And that's our goal in living in life, is that Jesus' character would be seen in and through us, and I hope this word picture that Jesus gave us of he's the vine, we're the branches, will help you visualize this week what it means to live for the Lord and what it means for his life to flow through you. So every day, get up, visualize this. Say, Lord, you're the vine. I'm just a branch. Lord, today I want to be connected to you. I want your life to flow through me to people in my world. I want them to understand your love by the way I treat them. I want them to understand your faithfulness by my relationships 
with them. I want them to understand what righteousness is by, le- by looking at the way I live my life. And I can only live that way because I'm connected to you. So, Lord, flow through me today. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord, our real purpose in this life is to bring honor and glory to you. We realize that our real focus needs to be on knowing, loving, and obeying Jesus. Lord, we've tried so hard to be good Christians. We've tried so hard to produce fruit on our own. And we confess today that we are often frustrated. We're often confused. And we're often defeated as we try to produce the character of Jesus in our own strength. So today, Lord, we commit ourselves to begin to concentrate on knowing, loving, and obeying Jesus Christ so that his life can flow through us. And so our lives will bring honor to you. And so that we, because of your involvement in our lives, can demonstrate your character to a desperate world. So help us today, Lord, to put these things into practice. We won't just leave here saying, well, I better understand what it means to be a Christian, but the Lord, it will affect us in how we live. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we sing and worship the Lord this morning, I'd like us to go back to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And I'd like to challenge you to memorize this verse and to begin your day every day with this verse. Let's say it together. Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in this body I live by faith in the Son of God. And if I may add, by faith in what he said. And by obedience to what he said, because that is faith demonstrated. May God receive the glory by how we live our lives this week. By our behavior by our words. Let's stand as we sing praise to the Lord.